When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fallout Roundtable. This is a place where diverse individuals discuss various topics from the Fallout universe. Join us, the conversation has already started. Welcome to the Fallout Roundtable again. I am your host Maverick and we have a very, very special episode to get to you guys. But first let me introduce the crew. To my proverbial right, we have Gingerino and Jaxus. And on our left, our presenter of the evening, Sassy Lady and Romer. Now everyone, say hi. Hi. Hey. Hello. Awesome. So how's everyone doing? Upright and conscious. Great. <laughs> awesome. Still awake. <laughs> I'm currently sleeping, so I won't remember any of this. So feel free to say everything you guys want to say now. He's sleep talking. Free. Of course, this is getting recorded, <laughs> yeah. so I will hear it later. The, the, mm, the Canadian can get yeah yeah the Canadian can get angry. By the way, really? we 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 have learned that firsthand. Arr. And then he apologizes profusely to the maple tree after he's after the Canadian's done something wrong. Was that how that came about? <laughs> yes. yes, 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 yes. It's yes. true. I do the I do the most Canadian thing, which is I propitiate propitiate perpetuate Canadian myths to Americans that aren't actually true. And then instead of correcting <laughs> anybody, I just continue to be like, yeah, no, that totally is how it goes, eh? <laughs> I like this small talk. It's fun. I'm sorry. I took away from the conversation. Back to it. It is fun. No, it's very fun. You know what I'm, you know what I've been starting to watch? It's on, it's on Peacock right now. Peacock is a streaming service. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called So Dumb It's Criminal. It's hosted by Snoop Dogg. It's... <laughs> There's irony you guys in there. Watch- There's some irony in there for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super irony. It's very funny. I wouldn't watch it if you had little, little small kids though. I thought everything uh, Snoop Dogg was family friendly. Right. Well, something. Something. He had a gospel album once, right? I'm sure. As long, I as, did. as long as his internet isn't out, you know, he's pretty, pretty cool. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yo, <laughs> Double J. Mm, yeah. Well, any- anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Done with the small talk here. We have a very, like I said, we have a very, very special episode. First, Sassy Lady is going to talk about fan-made films, because that is our top main meat topic of the evening, or whatever time you that you are listening in this week's mod showcase. Jaxus is going to present whatever mod that he came up with for, for this episode. It's going to be a fun time. So, as I move to the other side of the table, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the reins to, to this horse to sassy lady. So go ahead. Whoa, boy. Okay. So, um, like Maverick said, we were kind of going to do a little bit of a wade into some of the Fallout fan films and and fan creations that are available on the internet. Most of this can be found on YouTube. I basically just did a search and just kept going down the rabbit hole of all the different things I've found. Um, So the first section that I'm going to talk about, I guess, is basically uh, fan films, which is mostly like more of your live action uh, using actors and props and things like that. And I, I, I picked out four that were probably my top favorite. Um, actually, it's kind of a mixed bag. The first one that I picked out, they're all by Wayside Digital. So that's your um, your Fallout Nuka Break. They're also responsible for Fallout Red Star and one called The Wanderer. They're all very similar. Um, very good, too. Yeah, they're very well, they're I, really good. What I was able to find out is actually the Nuka Break, the Red Star and The Wanderer are actually um, just backstories. Uh, mm-hmm. based on the character that is in the Nuka Break, and they actually made mm-hmm. a movie of all of those combined together being the Nuka Break. So yeah. it's a, basically a comprehensive look at Nuka Break. Man, we should have got yeah, Wayside more to be the official sponsor for this episode. <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> well, by Wayside Media. Just Wayside. You know. But yeah, they, they do have a lot of good content. The interesting thing about Nuka Break, which is your, your classic, uh, the Vault Dweller, a ghoul, and an ex-slave, you know, having adventures in the wasteland. And it's, as one of our uh, Reddit um, followers kind of pointed out, it's it's fun, it's very Fallout, it's over the top, but in a good way. And that's true. I mean, a lot of the things are like super silly, um, but but it's very Fallout, right? Um, I felt like Nuka Break <laughs> felt like the Fallout world, whereas I some of the other stuff I watched, it like it was just a Pocahontas post-apocalyptic yeah. wasteland thing. Like it, there was a Nuka-Cola yeah, like bottle been, in the front. Yeah, it could have been any post-apocalypse except they're wearing a vault suit or something. Yeah. The cool thing about Nuka Break, so this is one of the, um, I mean, I think most people are aware that Amazon has signed on to make a Fallout TV series, and a lot of people are wondering if it's going to be sort of Nuka Break-ish um, because they I are casting... Not. I hope not. I don't know. They're also, casting three leads and one is already one is a female and one's gonna be a ghoul already. So all you need is your vault dweller. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have a variety. What if we don't get a vault dweller though? What if, what if well, it's they're like, supposed to, it might not some be a wastelander? You know? Some random wastelander and then you meet the vault dweller on the way there. There's gotta be a vault dweller at some point in the story. There has to be I mean, at some point. Yeah, yeah, be... yeah, at some point in the story, and you're not wrong. We did a Fallout TV show, but we had no vault people whatsoever. <laughs> they all died. Nobody was in a vault. But, you know, and I hope that they don't exactly mimic Nuka Break because it's been done. And I think they even, I think there's one that's animated too. I don't know. From the clips that I've seen that they have put out, it looks a little more serious oriented. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that like, it is. It's kind of like Will Smith's remake of Fresh Prince. Also on Peacock. Yeah. Oh, Somebody watches a lot of Peacock. <laughs> but, Wait, no. Um, I think this one's on Paramount Plus, but don't quote me on that. We, I have both. That's I Halo. A little bit of, you know, I haven't caught up on my Halo. I need to catch up on my Halo. So back but to back Fallout. Fallout. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, like I said, I think Nuka Break is one of the more <clears throat> fan favorites. 
that I think whenever you talk about a fan-made film, like the first thing people will say is, oh yeah, Nuka Break. Everybody's aware of that. Um, and I think all of you have seen it now, right? I watched Nuka it Break. today. Yeah. Okay. Nuka Break. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. I've only seen yeah, I've seen. I didn't watch the second season yet. I've seen okay. both seasons, and I've got to say, holy cow, it went from it went from funny to serious in like point three seconds between the two seasons. Holy cow! Yeah, they're they're pretty different. I, I really I enjoyed the Red 180. Star. Holy, yeah, Red Star was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that whole, um, you know, on he's on a mission. You know, he's got to find this girl. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. So the. Um, the next one that I was going to talk about, actually, Jax has introduced me to. I didn't find this one on my own, but I've since been looking at it. Um, I, oh, and by the way, I, I failed to mention that uh, Fallout Nuka Break has an IMDb rating of 8.1. Apparently, a lot of people love that. It's uh, considered a cult classic, actually. Mm-hmm. Written yeah. by Zach yeah. Finfrock and Brian Clevenger and Aaron Gills. The original story was done by Zach Finfrock. And then uh, for me, Tybee Diskin, uh, the female in the in the storyline, her mm-hmm. character arc had a lot of in depth points, and uh, it was very character driven in that regard. It was a lot built around her and her story of being a slave and getting away. And then uh, Cameron Diskin is actually the character that plays the guy that's wearing the NCR uniform, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and obviously he's very serious and contrast to the rest of the characters in the show so i found that very interesting with them uh the director uh, the vincent telenetti or something like that tell i can never say it right it looks like talent with an i on the end <laughs> that's the only way i could say okay. talenti that yeah, sounds good yeah um <laughs> but uh the way he had directed the show it i like the way that the camera angles and stuff were done in the show if you look at the very beginning and you look at like I don't know who the guy was that plays the ghoul in the show, but if you look at his makeup in the first beginning part of the show, it was not very good. But as it progressed, you could see the differences in the makeup and the, and the way they worked it. I mean, these are guys that were working with a zero budget thrown in the middle of the desert and it was completely fan oriented. So the progression that they had made from the beginning to the end was highly impressive as far as beginning film students would go. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree here. I agree with how the makeup with the ghoul. It, I seen between the two ghouls that were actually in in it, I could uh, see a definite pr- progression between it, and it's very impressive to be honest. To be honest, because I I could never do that even with time and practice. I wonder how hot it was filming all that out in the desert. I wonder if they were like just dying out there. That's what I'm wondering, because it looks like a lot of these. You know, most of the ones that I, I've seen, I guess, in order to get that desolate landscape look, a lot of these seem to be done in the desert. Yeah. Romer, do you have any thoughts here? Crickets. <laughs> Romer. What? No, I'm here. What? So <laughs> Matt you asked you a question, what, what? my dude. Do you have you any know, thoughts question. on Nuka Break? Nuka yeah. Break. I, I love Nuka Break. Nuka Break, I found that... Uh, ages ago when i first got into the fallout and stuff i found that and i watched it absolutely loved it it was to me it was perfection you know i I know it's not the most perfect thing but i'm just like the quirkiness you know i I, I love the beginning when the when the raiders are you know they're trying to trying to 
I'm going to say arrest. That's all they want to try and grab, grab Scarlet. And then the one is like, that's my name. It's like, wait, what's your name? You know, it was just, <laughs> just, just the yeah. crackiness. Red, red's not a name. It's a color. That's, that was completely drew. And then like the whole backstory behind Twig's vault I was dying. It was so hilarious. I'm like, it Other sounds so Nuka Cola, and he's the skinniest guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. yeah. But it was just, it, it just was so. I, I don't know. To me, it was it was perfect, and it was what I, I felt like I was. It was like a side side quest for a Fallout game, and you're like, who's this? You know, who's this vault dweller? Why is he so big? You know, and then like they answer <laughs> the questions and stuff, and I'm just like. Oh, exactly, Voltec. <laughs> what is up with you, man? You know. Yeah. Oh man, I love. Do we it. know if this was an actual experiment between all these vaults? Do we actually yes. know that? Well, it sounds like it could be. I mean, I mean, it could. Just, be. It yeah. sounds like something that Voltec would do. Why it's not? ridiculous yeah. enough to be a reality. I did not do any research on that, though. I don't have. I, any... I didn't. I, I, I didn't, didn't do either. any research on that. I was just like, their that was their backstory that they came up with, but it fits. Yeah. Yeah. If it's it's something, it's an experiment that Vault Tech, I believe, would actually do. I because do they're just because they're just that evil. Corporate. Yeah. Corporate. <laughs> Corporate. So, did you guys watch uh, uh, Vault Forty Five? Yep. I did. I watched that. that was the I thought that was a really interesting spin on things. How they were able to create a a, a really um, it to me it was pretty compelling. It just it drew you into the storyline just because the guy was in a room the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you find out that it's just an experiment, which doesn't surprise us at all because of the whole fact that, you know, we, but being get the part of the game ourselves, we know that everything in a vault's an experiment. So we just right. like, Oh my God. So they were just screwing with the guy the whole time. Yeah. I, you know, especially the part where they made him think that he had, you know, killed the world. Well, it's and then like, the facial expressions from uh, Larry Bokave, who's the guy who plays the lead role in that, his mm-hmm. facial expressions and his reactions to things was just too on point. Yeah, you know? they were really good. They were really good. It felt very like the uh, the first episode of season two of Lost when when uh, the guy's <laughs> down in the hatch and he's oh, man, he's ha- he has to he has to put in the code every. I don't remember what the time frame, but it was just he had to put it in. So like sleep was, he couldn't get a straight eight hours of sleep. So he had to, you know, he was, he was losing a little and stuff like that. That to me, that's what it felt like. And I, I really liked it. I really loved all of the effort that they put into all the, what's the word I'm looking for? Paraphernalia. I don't props. Think props. props. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The props. I was just like, Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Too. I know Ooh, that they, a lot too. of these, a lot of these had some really good, and it's funny because even the ones that were like zero budget and they were making stuff out of like, I don't know, just whatever that would make it look right. You know, yeah. like, uh, which was the one that I watched. Um, well, Nuka Cola's little flying um, enclave thing. If you watch the things, it's just like car antennas and stuff sticking off that metal ball. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's. I can't remember which one it was I watched, but uh, like one of the Raiders. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I, it was actually pretty good. I just found it tonight, so I didn't write it down. But the guy has like a license plate bent, you know, and tied on his arm. And I was like, oh, make pretty decent armor. I mean, that's very wastelandish, you know? So just crazy stuff that they were finding to make props out of. But 
keeping in mind that, yes, that looks like something a Raider would do. It was pretty good. Small details can actually add to the experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I think if they didn't have nearly half the props that they had in 45, I think it would have been like very kind of, eh. but it just, it, it, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm in the fallout universe. Yeah, but that, that's key though. Right? Yeah. That it, like it yeah. supplements to the experience of the setting. Cause there was a, there's a lot of fallout fan made films out there. And mm-hmm. I found for a lot of them, like, their way to get you immersed in the Fallout world was they just had a lot of props. And I don't know, but like for me, that made it feel I, less I also Fallout. noticed that too. Right? Like something like, like Nuka Break, I think they do a great job of immersing you in the Fallout world, but there are some that it's like, okay, yeah, we see all these it's Fallout just... props, but that I don't feel like this is a Fallout world. Like you feel like it could be any, like you said, like any post apoc and they just threw a Nuka Cola bottle in there. Yeah. Exactly, right? So like if, you know, a setting has to be like living and breathing just like any other character in the show right like it had like yeah yeah so i i don't know and i felt that way with some of them it was like this could literally be anything like you could throw some zombies in there and call it walking dead you know it was like you know you could do something other than that except you know you have the guy in the vault suit exactly always the guy in the vault now it's fallout because they got the the vault suit on and it's that's the only thing and And he's drinking nuka cola i want it's a pit boy it's a pit boy right there it's fallout I that too, a, yeah. A bunch of fan-made films, some short ones. There's a lot on YouTube, some on Vimeo. I think there was one yeah. on RedTube, something called RedTube. That one, I wouldn't recommend that one for anyone. But, anyways, not nah, sounds bad. I don't know about that one. Did you I seriously did. just say RedTube? <laughs> <laughs> anyone who understands that joke, you're a horrible person, oh. and you know why. <laughs> I am a horrible person, and I'm going. I'm okay with it. Oh <laughs> man, can I can I flip this on the head just a second? Yeah. Um, talking about props and stuff like that. I really enjoyed uh, Fallout Revelation. Oh my gosh, I was going to tell you. Oh, 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 I really liked that. But the, and, no and it had Prop City and stuff like that, but there was no there was no funny to it. So the, it, it was, was very serious. Yeah, it was very serious. It was very serious. So, and and to, to me, it was just like, it was like, okay, this is, it's in the Fallout universe. Because it looks like it, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, you know? it's and, and yes, I like it. it was movie quality, actor were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Everything was like it. It felt big budget, but this was like a you know it was like a yeah. labor of love by fans. They did this themselves. They all the money was out of their own pockets. They they tried crowdfunding, but I pulled it up on Kickstarter and they had canceled it because they only raised like two thousand dollars. And they were looking for like a lot more than most people on Kickstarter, to be Mm. honest. But the but the thing is, is like obviously, I think it was just like because this they closed it in 2017, and I was just like, I wonder if they would revive it now if it would do better. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was a pilot because I mean, everywhere it was saying it was three three episodes that were done based on a pilot, based on a pilot. So I, like I said, I I really enjoyed it, but I mean, if you know, like I said. I loved it. You know, the props were there. The alien was there. Mm-hmm. Enclave was there. But like I said, just there was no. It's got to be funny. To it's it, you know. No, I, I mean, it, it, no. Is, it, it makes it more fallout if you have quirkiness, I guess. But I just, I was really invested in the story. Like, what is this object that this guy found that's putting his family in danger to where he, like, they think he's dead because he can't go home. And now you know, the kid accidentally finds this object that is hidden in the vault. 
And now the enclave is after them. Apparently the Institute was in on it too. So it's like, oh, it was just like crazy. You know, this story, I was like so invested in it. I'm like, I need to see more. You yeah, realize that it actually like comes one... from the game, right? Yeah. What? It's based on the Quora Vernum. Yeah. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> but I'm just like, that was probably, I, it's probably my favorite as far as a very well done, good looking, well acted, you know, fan made film. Whereas obviously Nuka Break is like, that one appeals more to your, this is Fallout. Because even like yeah, the beginning of Revelation, like when the guy's walking around, I'm like, he looks like he's walking around somewhere that just had a hurricane because of the way that like, you know, he's like walking down a beach or something and there's like wood everywhere. And I'm like, looks like, you know, somewhere following a hurricane. Probably wouldn't understand that if you've never been there, but. Don't get me wrong. I'm not poo-pooing on Revelations. I, I thoroughly no. enjoyed it and stuff like that. To me, like I said, it just, there was a little bit. And yes, I know. Like, like if we look at, I'm sorry, Sassy, you won't know this, get this, this reference, but like Sierra Madre. You know, that there was like no oh. humor to that one at all and Damn stuff it. like that. No, I but, just think uh, I you make a real it. good point. I understand it completely. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there, now, yeah. There had to be something funny parts. in Sierra Madre. There had to be some. It was okay. It wasn't funny, but it well, was. Well, you meet sporty. you meet the Dean. What's his name? Dean. Dean. I don't know. The, the, oh, the, 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 the Dean Martin ghoul. You meet him. <laughs> Oh, Dean Domino. Oh, Dean Domino. Oh. You meet him at Sierra Madre. Still not. So funny. I know a little bit. That was a very serious. Well, he's deal. kind of that funny. Was such a good. Deal yeah, it's very too. serious. Oh, damn it, Romer! But, you just blew a hole in all of my arguments because I'm like, for Fallout <laughs> to be followed, it needs to have dark humor. Well, I mean, like I said, you, you can't. I mean, you can do that. I mean, okay, we got the dark. I mean, excuse me, we got you know the serious tone for mm-hmm. Sierra Madre. And then we jump over to, Oh, I just lost the name of it. the other DLC for new Vegas. The one with the, um, Long all the road. robots. No, there's honest hearts. There's dead money there. Oh, you're talking about the big easy or the big empty. Oh Sorry. yeah. The big empty with the that one's goofy AF man. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the one you're thinking of. So that's the one I can think of the name, but I'm like, whoa. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it, those two definitely they balance it out, you know, in a sense. But anyway, yeah. so, but yeah, I kind of shot holes. Oh in my, yeah, I mean, my, dude, my I, own I theory. Yeah, that it's got to be quirky. That, that DLC brought me chills, man. I had such a response to that. Okay, I, this isn't a DLC episode, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so between you know Fallout Nuka Break being the quirky, fun, funny, this is what we expect from Fallout to Fallout Revelation, where you get the really dark hideousness of you know what the enclave and institute are capable of basically and the fear that these people live under from those factions it kind of works um jax has turned me on to this um fallout lanias which is the um, very dark yeah that's the pre-story of um lanias from fallout new vegas with the legion and how he became their big meanie I guess. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did I, you watch I, it? Watch, it I watch, was. I, uh, I didn't watch it. I just. I was the name. I was like, "What's the name?" The name is very familiar. It is very dark, and that's and Jaxus even he warned me. He's like, "Well, this one's really dark," and it's you know, and it's not like it's probably not something that you want to let your littles watch. Um, Users legions. It's all about family friendliness. Yay! It's it brutal. Is, it's, it's brutal. Pretty brutal. 
but it's it's well done. <laughs> and actually, I heard, I read well, somewhere. Well, that... At least you know they're not high doing all this dark stuff. Because remember the Legion. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, they're not allowed to have chems. Yeah. Well, this is okay. So you know, like like um, Ginger was telling us how the Legion had like conquered like fifty seven tribes, whatever, to become you know and brought them into their Legion, and. This is kind of a story of how they did that with this man's tribe and how he swore he was never going to bow down. He actually killed his own men for bowing down to Kaiser's representative. But then the way things play out, he eventually ends up saying, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. And it's just, I guess, you know, now you understand why 57 tribes have been conquered by the Legion. (laughs) So it was pretty interesting. I liked it. There was a lot of stuff going on there. I don't know, Jackson. Do you have more to add? Because I know you're probably the only other person that watched it. I, I watched the intro. Mm. I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I, I know it was thing. directed by Wade K. Savage, and uh, the actor who played Lannis is uh, Johnny Domino, who did only one other show in his entire movie career. Well, it got a 7.4 on IMDb, so apparently yeah, people yeah. like it. Well, uh, uh, people tend to enjoy things like that it. are incredibly brutal. I mean, it did kind of remind me of like 300 or something, you know? <laughs> 300 was a good movie. Don't it's diss Caesars! I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying, like, the brutality and stuff was very similar. I thought they did a good job with it, with you know, because obviously they couldn't kill people, but they did well. And I found a new one tonight that I, I know I didn't mention to you guys, and it was... It's just something that you guys might want to watch because it was pretty. Three hundred meets Evil Dead. <laughs> mm, okay. <that's> good. <laughs> Sorry. Well, oh, and back to on the Fallout, Linnaeus. It was um, that was done what twenty sixteen, and I heard and that some I read somewhere in twenty twenty that they were talking about um, maybe picking it up again. But I I would think that it would take like a really long time to make these things. They may follow Linnaeus in 2013, I think. Right, and then, so I'm trying to remember what I heard. It was like, what, 2013, and then there was, but they didn't put it out then, did they? It was like 2016 or 2017 when they actually were able to put it out? I don't know. It, I don't on, know. it was uh, uploaded to YouTube on August 27th of 2013. 2013. Yeah. So I guess there's a rumor that they may make more. All right. Well, the whole, like, the channel that it's on, because most of these are under like Wayside Digital or Mechanical Cake TV. Um, this one is actually under Fallout Lanaya, so they may do more with it. And they had like trailers, and didn't they have a making of or something on that site too? Uh, they did for the Nuka Break stuff. Well, I was looking at the because I went back just to make sure that if anybody wants to find these, like where would you find it? You can obviously just search the titles, but. You can actually look up the, what is it, uh, be- top 10 best uh, Fallout fan films. And mm-hmm. it puts these all in a category where you can go down a list. It'll start at like 45, go to Nuka Break, the five or six different variations of it. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, Red Star and um, the, Wanderer. the Wanderer are actually part of Nuka Break. It's just a spinoff element to it, which they put into right. a large film. Right. Hmm. Yes, Ginger. I found another one that way. It was called Fallout Growing Pains. Um, it was short. Is, is it, a, is it, it a fan film of everything at Little Lamplight? I would watch that. 
No, no, no. It had some humor. It was basically <laughs> just a guy who was he was daydreaming or dreaming or something of pre-war times with his family. And then the next thing you know, you know, he's being dragged into a, I don't know, it's like Raiders got a hold of him or whatever. I can't remember exactly what was happening, but then he gets away and some, I don't know if it was NCR or somebody helped him. And then she takes her helmet off and he like sees her and he goes into this whole like, montage of these romantic scenes with her because you know it's like one of those you know when you're watching tv and they, they do these cut scenes or whatever like the boy sees the girl and then he's like oh my gosh i'm falling in love and he's like seeing Dream their sequence. whole romance yeah like their whole romance is playing out in front of him you know and then like cut back to the future and she's just or the present and she's just like are you coming <laughs> and it's like it was kind of funny <laughs> but you know, like I said, it was really short. It was something that was like, it'd be neat to see more segments of it because it was just pretty cute. And it was, I thought it was fairly well made. Which but one was that one? It was called Fallout Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, recommended by one of those. I think I saw one that was like a top five. It was like this person's favorite five. And it was in there. And I was like, I'm not familiar with that one. So I'm going to look at it. And I literally looked at it just like a couple hours ago. So that was mostly what I had to talk about as far as like the live action fan films. I also had a list and I know I didn't send this to you guys, but I had a list of machinima stuff that I wanted to talk about because some of, some of these, (laughs) somebody got ahead of themselves. Watch it later. So the, no, we watch it now. There's a, a couple that I've, that I've always enjoyed. Like one of them was called um, the DC Chronicles and it's by, I think it's Dracortha Productions, but it's all stuff that people have done in game. Don't ask me how, probably had to have mods or something. I don't know, because it's like, you know, being able to control your character and make them say what they want and get the NPCs to do what you want. It's like, whoa, how'd you do that? Oh, man. The, the, the DC Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, the Fallout 5 Yeah, do a lot well, of Fallout 5 does do that, and I have them on here too. But this one, I think, was one of the earlier ones. It's but the DC Chronicles is basically it's the plot of Fallout 1 in Fallout 3. So the, <laughs> the kid is coming out of the vault to try and find a water chip to save his people, you know, and he runs across pretty much. He runs into Brotherhood. He runs into Enclave. He runs into, you know, everybody as he's going through the wasteland. And it's like he goes from place to place because he shows up at like Diamond City, I think, or not Diamond City. What's the big one? Anyway, he's somewhere. And they're like, yeah, we don't have it. You might try Rivet City. So he goes to Rivet City. They don't have anything like that. But this guy talks him into... uh, About the hub? No, because it's in Fallout 3. So he's at Rivet City and... Oh, the legit... I got you. I'm sorry. I was thinking of... Because you're referencing one. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's It's the plot of Fallout 1 in Fallout 3. Played played out in Fallout 3. So the guy is talked into, you know, going with the caravan from Rivet City to Megaton because, you know, oh, well, they probably have something and I'll give you some caps, you know. So the whole thing just plays out where he manages to get around the wasteland and then all the trouble that he runs into. Like, you know, the the, uh, caravans were always getting picked off and they were never arriving because they were going through Deathclaw country. And so they had to kill the Deathclaws and just crazy stuff. But... There's like two parts to that. And it's, you know, and at the end, it's, it's, 
the whole thing where he goes back to his vault and, you know, the enclave or whoever has learned of the location of it and cleaned it out. So, you know, there's no one left at his vault. It's totally the plot of Fallout 1, but he, they play it out in Fallout. They play it out in the Capital Wasteland. So that was one. That's actually that really pretty enjoyed. cool. I, I like the yeah. sound of that. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. The character Andrew Grafton is, um, he's just a very calm kind of guy. I don't know who, I can't remember who the actor was, but the character is Andrew Grafton. And he's just, you know, very no nonsense. You know, he's just, hey, I need to find this water chip. Sorry, I'd like to help you, mate, but I'm going to go on, you know. It's pretty cool. And then I saw another one, and this is another <laughs> one that I had just accidentally run across um, called Fallout Holy War. And it's by Pulsar Fusion, which actually, right before we started, I was watching more stuff by Pulsar Fusion, which was really cool. Uh, they have one called um, Fallout Revenant, I think is what it was called, which was pretty neat. because oh, it. I think I watched that one, too. Yeah, because it, it goes through, um, you're in New Vegas, and it kind of gives you an idea of how the super mutants came about. Like, as it goes back to the very beginning, it's, you know... Um, the Enclave and mutants, you know, are, are breaking into somebody's vault and they're stealing everybody and taking them off. It's the master. That's what it was. Taking them all off to make them into super mutants. And then you flash forward to this little girl who's in the wasteland in New Vegas and you follow her story where her whole village gets wiped out. She just happened to be out away from the village when it happened. And then she runs into this cave because she's being chased by the Legion. And she runs into this super mutant, one of the Nightkin. And they go through this all thing. And then he remembers, because he didn't remember who he was. And then he remembers this whole thing. And they all end up at oh, Jacobstown, um, where the other super mutants are in Fallout New Vegas. Anyway. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, Jacobstown. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. So it's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty cool story. So that was a couple that I watched from Pulsar Fusion. And then... Um, one of my favorites has always been Shoddy Cast. I wish that they were still around. I don't know what happened to them, but Shoddy Cast has always been um, one that when you talk about Machinima, people will say Shoddy Cast. My favorite from them is um, The Storyteller. I think it's The Storyteller. I don't, if you guys ever seen it, it's a dude in a power armor suit and he just like randomly starts telling stories to whoever he sees and everybody gets super bored. Or if they ask a question, he's like, oh, well, that reminds me. But he literally goes through every historical thing, the timeline of Fallout, like all of them. So it's, it's pretty neat. And there's, it's, they put them all together. They had little ones. And then they put them all together. And I want to say it's like three hours long. And sometimes I'll just like <laughs> listen to it to fall asleep. Because he's got, you know, this storyteller voice. Anyway, I enjoy that one a lot. So, yeah, I think what you're talking about is actually a three-part series, Machinima. And it is. It's like the third one called Holy War. Machinima. Oh, the, that's a different one. That's by that's by uh, Pulsar Fusion. That was set in Fallout Four. Um, okay, because it, it says that it was uh, Holy War it was a third movie of the Fallout Revenant series based on the video game Fallout New Vegas by Bethesda. Yeah, Pulsar Fusion. Yeah. Um, so that could be. And I just happened to run across Holy War first and then saw Revenant later. Um, the Revenant ones are really short. There's like, well, there was like four pieces that I saw and they were really short. But then Holy War was actually like an hour or something. So it was a little longer. But it was just very cool because, and it could be, you know, an extension of that. 
because I, I did kind of skip around a little because I was afraid I was going to be late. And um, the Holy War one was set in the Boston area, but it was the Legion were coming to Boston. And it was, oh, it was really neat. I gotcha. Yeah. So they were. That was like it, an it hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a long one. Yeah. So I started like fast forwarding some of it so I could. I got an I got an idea of it that yes I'm definitely going to go back and watch it in detail and I was just impressed again where I'm just like I don't know what mod this is or whatever that they've done but like having all the people that they wanted in that well yeah no it was it is an extension I knew that because the little girl from Revenant was now grown in Holy War but she was still with the uh, super mutant that had found her in the beginning yeah so it it is definitely related and then um so we were talking about Fallout 5.0. Um, they, started, they started with just basically role-playing in the game. And then they kind of formed their faction. And then they would hand out quests to other players. Now they're doing more machinima. They came up with that whole um, series about the warlord who was, you know, the leader of the raiders. And they had a battle in Big Ben Tunnel. And... They didn't even know which direction it was going to go. They legit had a PvP battle in Big Ben Tunnel and said, um, whoever wins this battle, that's where the story is going to go. And as it turned out, Big Ben, yeah. So, so that was how they directed you know, their story was basically by doing the live action PvP. So they have made stories about, because um, th- the outcome was that the Raiders lost and they imprisoned the Warlord. And now they're, I believe soon the trial of the warlord will come out. So they also sponsor other live action role play, which I've actually been able to um, participate. They have the Watoga theater kind of under their banner. Watoga theater does um, live action theater in game with their characters. They build a big theater and they've done Romeo and Juliet. They've done, we did some Shakespeare sonnet readings where a bunch of people got to read and they've done some other stuff, but it's, you know, they film it and it's pretty cool because they, they will le- they'll stream it on Twitch so you can watch and see the whole thing. And it's pretty cool to watch that. So, and then we've got uranium fever and I just like uranium fever because they basically are showcasing. So like everybody does like a build and then they want to do a video of their camp on YouTube and it's like, Oh, here's my camp and blah, blah, blah. Uranium fever takes it like a step farther where they'll like, here's our build, but they make a story around it. So like they built this cool spaceship. So of course they made this story where, you know, people have run across the spaceship and they're wondering, Oh, where's the alien? You know, what's, what's happening here. And they have whole storylines behind it. Um, and they're getting like even more and more creative. Like, I don't even know how they do some of the stuff they do. And it's, it's like they get better with everyone that they do, but it's really fun. And you should check that out because um, you know, like I said, like they're making their own stories. They're going along, and it's just a lot of fun. And then you've got your um, in-game role players. So there's just a couple people that I'll mention. Um, they're making series on their channels of actual role-playing their character in the Fallout games, and that's one is Rykon role plays, which is really good, and the other one is um, Wasteland Dovakin. She did a couple different ones for Fallout 4, and she's doing one on Fallout 76 with, there's at least, there's two, three main cast members that she works with, and then they have some side people sometimes, but it's a story of how her and her nephew came, or her cousin came out of the vault, and then the people that they met, and they run through all the story quest lines, 
like right now she's going through the whole, um, they're doing the Raider quest line and the settlers quest line to vault, you know, so they can raid vault 79 and she's running it concurrently with both perspectives, which is really interesting how she's doing it. But that's just something that, you know, I enjoy when her episodes come out every couple weeks or whatever. We should start our own Fallout Roundtable live theater. <laughs> we keep talking about that. We're going to have we to get all own. of us and then we'll get some of the fans together and we're like, this is, a, yeah. it's going to be a hot mess. Probably hot garbage. Well, it would be a lot of fun though. <laughs> We'd be laughing. I mean, think of how much, think about how much me and Romer would be laughing. Oh man. But yeah, we keep talking about doing, you know, role play and like, you know, playing out our you know starting new characters and playing the game it would be a blast i think it'd be a lot of fun everyone has to make a character fallout 76 and you have to stick to it with a character voice and everything <laughs> yeah i think voice. so like you're, you have to have your whole story <laughs> and does that be serious your, or not serious here has, has to match your abilities it's fallout man why would you be serious gotta be a mix say, like, serious and not serious I mean, we're, the, we're in the middle of a raid and it's like, where's Romer? Romer's over here. Oh, yeah, I found some really interesting information on this computer. Give me a second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do you have to stop and look in every single box, Sassy? Because it's what I do. <laughs> it's lore, damn it. Yeah, he plays just a <laughs> crazy lore character. I would I would play <laughs> someone who thinks has gone insane and they think that they're a wizard from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> I would love I that. Fireball. Wait a minute. What? I cast fireball. Like, what? And then I whip yeah. out my flamer, and I and I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a magic. It's magic, is what it is. I was gonna say, as uh. long as you have something that actually works, <laughs> I'm. I don't care what you think it is. Oh, I don't man. care if you think you're a wizard, as long as you can still kill things. I've always thought <laughs> I can base my character off my Elden Ring character. Walk into a walk into a room, and be like, no, 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 Interesting live theater where all of the protagonists <laughs> run away from the problem in different directions. <laughs> yep. Oh man. The only thing I don't know, what would my character be? My character might actually do it. Would my character would probably be someone who's like, "What's this? Nope, don't want to be here." Man, the, the why only, am I doing this? The only thing that would break Bro. the narrative for all of it is when we go to hand in a quest and then we realize, oh wait, we each have to hand in the quest individually because this is a solo space. You're not allowed in my space. Oh, jeez. Yeah, jokes. Oh, and then we like all find like a find like a lake, and we all build our camps around the lake and stuff like that. And like in the morning, we're like, "Hey, morning, sassy. What's the plan <laughs> for today?" And, and everyone shows up, and you know, sitting around a campfire. Oh, I think we're gonna go do this raid today. I don't know, you know. That is pretty fun. And uh, my girlfriends and I. For Fashionat, we all built our camps around Helvetia. So there's like, you know, we built them as close as we could to each other all around. So like mine's on the hill right above town. And I built a bar with like a big old viewing thing. And you could look over and watch the parade. My girlfriend actually built a parade on the road off to the side. I have been to this bar. floats and everything. It's really great. Dang. I have, I have been to this bar. You've been to the bar. It was during my birthday, so it's like it's like decorated with streamers and balloons and all kinds of fun stuff. So it wasn't that bad. All the streamers that I took down their feeds and I hung them, I hung their bodies in my area. Sorry, <laughs> right. streamers. That was the first thing that popped in my brain. I'm like, they get like like sniping streamers or something. Sorry, 
Sorry. Left field, my apologies. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we've, we've kind of, of diverged from talking about things like Fallout Nuka Break to we're going to start Fallout Roundtable Live Theater. <laughs> thing we're talking no, about. No, we're no, talking they, about. No, Romer. It's called we're, we're going to SWAT streamers. SWAT. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about fan made films. We are fans. We should make a film or something. That's fair. That's fair. Did I actually else... did run across how to make a film. Um, and I put the instructions on Twitter. If anybody noticed, like to even click that link, it was like, this is how you make a film. You know, it was like 10 steps to make your own thing. Sorry. I just had this wonderful picture of us like trying to do something in Fallout 76. And we're like trying to have a conversation and like some, some random person walked in. And, hey, we're filming a scene here. Get the hell out of the way. And they'd be like, what the hell is going on with these guys? That is something that has happened with. Uh, <laughs> so, like, when they, I, I think filming a mayonnaise time, commercial. Move along. Well, that that's happened to I know Wasteland Dovakin because she said, like, there were times it would be really hard to, you know, to be able to get, like, some rando would show up at your camp and you're like, okay, you've got to go, or like they're trying to like, and then it's like I think it's like okay with them if like people are as long as they're not like hey, coming up and like trying to talk to them and stuff. But I think they probably do most of their stuff on private worlds. Is no, it just like, you know, get only some the people? Fallout one, one worlds. I have I have Fallout first, so yeah, yeah you yeah, just have to first. Yeah, you just go into first the one. Private what's world. the difference? Tomato, tomato. Yeah, huh. I have it because I pick up literally everything that's not nailed down in the game, so I have to have the you know never-ending junk box and then i also like having my tent so i can pop it up wherever to unload myself of all this never-ending junk so <laughs> that makes it worth it for me so back to the topic of fan-made movies mm-hmm. <laughs> does anyone else anybody- love the mayor the mayor from fallout nuka break i just when i saw his hat oh. i was like that is a fallout <laughs> character right there yeah <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh man, that was. Ugh. Did anybody else watch anything that they wanted? I watched the the I watched the ten minute one called The Courier, which was inspired by Fallout, and mm-hmm. it very clearly was like there was some Fallout props in there. But if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't know it was Fallout. But something I really liked about it is there was basically no dialogue right up until the end. I thought that that was impressive, and they made a real good use of the sounds in game. I think for that one. Yeah. Like- I just found this uh, right before the show, but it was a uh, it's an animated uh, Silver Shroud fan film. Ooh, that's cool. I am one of the people who would love to have been able to play Fallout 4 as the Silver Shroud in his voice the entire time instead of just like that small little thing that they did for it and stuff. But anyways, sorry. But yeah, I, I just saw that and it's like, oh, I'm still watching this one. The show I would over. like to see that one. I think I posted okay, guys. It. Yeah, we are at the middle of the show. Gingerino, would you please talk about what we've been doing and to rate, review, subscribe? Hi, everybody. It's me, Gingerino42, co-host of Fallout Roundtable Podcast with my crew here. Uh, we would love it if you would reach out to us via email, followrtb at gmail.com, or on our Twitter, followrtb. Uh, give us some love, talk, uh, get some conversation started about Fallout stuff and different topics that we can do in the show or your feedback about what we talked in the show. As well, if you're on 
Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, giving us five stars would really help us out and would help our show enter into algorithms that connect to other shows people like about this kind of stuff. And if you're on iTunes, give us a review as well. Like I said, it really helps out the show a lot. So if you could do that, that'd be super great. Um, and yeah, that's it. Math, back to you. Cool. We'll talk to Jax about his mod after, after the break. And we're back. Welcome to the Mod Showcase. So anyway, the Mod... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mod Showcase person presenting this week is Jaxus. So if you want to say what your mod is, what it does, where they can find it. All right. Hello, everybody. Today I'm going to cover Thorville. It's a story-based mod created by, uh, C- I don't know how to say it right. I'll just spell it for you. S-E-D-D-O-N-4494. I think it's Seddon or something like that. It's set in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, the town of Thorville is built around a vault number, you guessed it, four. So when you start off, you travel to Salem and then try to find a little known door on the cliff side across the water from where the town is actually located. Once you enter, you meet a guy named Roscoe. He's the town sheriff. And much like in Megatown, he lets you know, uh, let you in, but he warns you to behave. Uh, <laughs> once inside, you go to meet the mayor of the town. His name is Wayne Sanders. Uh, this is where you find out that they're in the middle of an election and he is the incumbent mayor. You find that some guy long ago built the town around the vault. Uh, you find out that some guy long ago built the town around the vault in the hopes of the eventual opening of it. While the mayor follows this in his election appointment, uh, Paula McKenzie does not. Uh, she soon asks for your assistance in the election. She feels that he is misguided and should not lead. Either choice you end up with working on the campaign one way or another in some manner. Uh, if you th- If you think I'm being vague, I'm trying to keep it a mystery while giving you some detail. Um, during the debate between the two people in the vault, uh, the vault doors actually open, and you meet the overseer, who is Chuck Nally. At this point, you could vote for the mayor, or and you could think you're done, but no, you're not. Uh, there is a lot more to it. There's many other missions. Uh, the underlying story uh, that will leave you to discover, uh, I'm not going to tell you about it. Um, just because I want you to actually experience it, I can tell you that the storylines are very compelling. It's a lot of fun. It's like five hours of extra content. The one thing is, uh, so there may have made a mod selection for this episode with the taste of what it's about. Um, I want you to play it. Uh, like I said, it's a lot more fun. My opinion is the story is rich. The dialogue is done well. Uh, I love the setting, uh, the mental aspects of the whole concept of the vault and, and what you find later in the story. I'll give you the mod. I give the mod an A. For me, it's just really cool. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody who loves a good story. <laughs> like that. Right there. So where where can we find this mod, Jaxus? On the internet. Well, besides the internet, where on the internet? Is it on Nexus Mods? Yeah, for yeah it's on or... Nexus Mods. I'm just being silly. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, you can find it on Nexus Mods, enough. which you can probably also utilize this on your Xbox. Obviously, uh, apparently 
you can't do a lot on your uh, PS5s because they got rules or something. Sony <laughs> yeah. got them rules. Don't know about that because, um, yeah, I don't rock that. I'm a PC gamer. Boo. No boo. PC is good. Uh, no, but the long and the short of it is, uh, so Fall, uh, Fallout 4ville is a very well done mod. It's about five hours of gameplay. Uh, the story is very deep, very compelling, and it has a lot of twists and turns. Like I said, it does start the basis off about, you know, uh, a mayoral election and about the vault opening. Well, once the vault opens, there's a lot more to the people in the vault. That much I'll tell you. That's that's the big secret is there's a really big element as to about the people that are in the vault itself. That sounds cool. Can you tell us the name again and who made it? Uh, I can tell you that it is called Fourville, and it was made by Sedon four four nine four. That's spelled S E D D O N. Great. So this is the end of our show. Jaxus, thank you for pre- preparing this episode's mod, and Sassy, thank you for your presentation on fan-made films. This has been the Fallout Roundtable on my preferred, and with my, uh, with my crew here, on my preferred left, it's been Jaxus and Gingerino. On my right, it's been Sassy Lady and Romer. Everyone say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) My name is Maverick. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us here at the Fallout Roundtable. For show times, please check the details below. And if you would, please help us by writing a review and leaving us five stars. Thank you, and good night. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.